get this key. I've never actually stayed in an Airbnb. Yeah, I know we were talking about it before. And I never was, have. My jaw dropped a little bit. <laughs> in, in, in fact, the people um, may get a kick out of this, but I tried it one time. And the guy refused to let me stay at his place. <laughs> Probably, saw Probably searched your profile. <laughs> He's like, Ascot, oh, yeah. this is fake. Yeah, this can't be this guy. Hey, is this guy from the 1920s? Yeah. What, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of profile picture is this? <laughs> this is episode 259 of Bourbon Pursuit. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny. And here's what's happening in the bourbon world. It's now the two-year anniversary of the trade war with the European Union, where a 25% tariff was slapped and it went into effect on all exports of bourbon, Tennessee whiskey, and rye whiskeys. And the result? It's not good. U.S. distilleries have lost out on $340 million in sales, and exports have declined by one-third. The European Union is the biggest overseas market for U.S. spirits which accounted for more than half of all American whiskey exports last year. Airlines, including EasyJet and KLM in Europe, with Delta and American Airlines in the United States, and Asia's Virgin Australia are suspending all or part of their alcoholic drink service in response to COVID-19. For domestic flights in the U.S., they're pretty much suspended, but they are going to be available for long-haul and international flights. It's part of a widespread revision of the industry's food and drink service, to minimize interaction between the crew and passengers to ensure a safer journey for all. Now on the bright side of news, visitor centers are beginning to open up once again. Wild Turkey will be opening up on June 25th, and during this time they say that they've been offering a new Turkey Takes Flight tour and tasting experience. This is going to include a multimedia brand immersion, followed by a guided tasting of bourbons and rice. There are now a limited number of days and hours available for tours, and tours can be booked online through the Wild Turkey website at wildturkeybourbon.com. In the same light, Buffalo Trace and Barton 1792 will also be reopening, but on July 1st, guests will be required to register for a tour or event in advance of their visit in order for the distillery to efficiently manage the tour and group sizes with respect to social distancing. Buffalo Trace will be reopening with a newly expanded visitor center, which triples the size of the original visitor center. And registrations for the Trace Tour, Old Taylor Tour, Bourbon Barrel Tour, and Expansion Tour can be made at tours.buffalotracedistillery.com, and Barton Tours can be reserved at 1792distillery.com. On to some bourbon release news. Old Forester will be releasing the 20th edition of its limited birthday bourbon on September 2nd, in celebration of its founder, George Garvin Brown's birthday. This marks the 150th year that the company began in 1870, and the 2020 birthday bourbon will be bottled at 98 proof. It's made up of 95 barrels, all aged 10 years, and offered at a suggested retail price of $129.99. Woodford Reserve has also released a new limited edition whiskey that has been aged in five different styles of barrels, and is rightly named Woodford Five Wood. Woodford Reserve Five Wood began as a standard bourbon, aged in a standard oak barrel. Then that same liquid was finished in four other barrels, Oloroso Sherry, Amontillado Sherry, Ruby Port, and Tawny Port barrels. It is available at the Woodford Reserve Distillery along with other Kentucky Select retailers with a suggested retail price of $49.99 for a 375 ml bottle. 
Evan Williams Bourbon has announced the veterans that have been selected as the 2020 American Made Heroes. The 2020 American Hero Edition label features bold red and white stripes, framing a blue background featuring subtle star imagery and the name American Hero Edition in bold red font right on the face. Each Evan Williams American Made Hero is prominently featured on the side of the label with their picture, name, their military title, and their distinguished story. Each veteran will receive a $5,000 donation to the charity of their choice. In Bourbon Pursuit News, we concluded three barrel selections this week. A Larceny Barrel, two Elijah Craig Barrels, and a Barrel Craft Spirits Private Release Series 18-year-old Kentucky Whiskey finished in different barrels. We are currently projected to do over 20 barrel selections for our Patreon community this year, in addition to all the first access of all of our Pursuit Series releases. So if you're even thinking about it, don't wait any longer. Get more information about our Private Barrel Club and how you can help support this podcast over at patreon.com slash bourbon pursuit. Now, wouldn't it be nice if someone was able to give you the best tips for planning out your bourbon trail experience? Well, look no further. In this podcast, we cover distilleries, experiences, and some restaurants that you cannot miss. It's impossible to get to every distillery in a short amount of time, but this episode it will give you a little bit of a scoop on how to navigate the areas of Kentucky so you can make the most out of your trip. With that, enjoy today's episode, and here's Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. Truth time. I spend way too much money on bourbon. So do you, probably. And it's because the prices have increased. So when I see something that's under $40 and something that I know is going to be good, I just get so excited. And so imagine my excitement when this whiskey came through my email. Oh, it didn't come through my email, but the press release came through my email. Old Tub returns bottled and bond. Now, Old Tub is a brand that's been in the Bean family for 140 years, and Booker No was pretty famous for sipping on it on the, you know, with barbecues and so forth. It's a big part of the No family, especially. But Old Tub has been in the gift shop at kind of a lower proof. It's been a kind of a bit of a secret, and now it's coming out nationally as a limited edition bottled and bond. But get this, hold whatever it is you hold. Sit down if you're standing. It's only $22.99. $22.99. When I saw that, I pinched myself. I'm like, this can't be right. No way that they're doing a limited edition bottled and bond for $22.99. I know it's going to be good because most of that whiskey coming out of Beam at 100 proof is usually really solid. Knob Creek, for example. But my gosh, how exciting is that, that there's a limited edition bourbon coming to the market and we can afford it. Of course, the downside to that is a bunch of people will buy it and then put it on the secondary. But hey, I'm, I'm talking about happy times. This is, I want to bring happy and joy to your life right now. $22.99. $22.99. God, I hope it doesn't suck. But $22.99, even if it does suck. It's not going to hit the bank account too badly. And that's this week's Above the Char. Hey, tonight I'm talking about some whiskeys that definitely do not suck. I am revealing my Whiskey of the Year contenders from this quarter, the second quarter. It ends this week. So come on over to YouTube tonight and check it out. 
Just search for my name in YouTube, Fred Minnick. Until next week, cheers. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to noseyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 000 from their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome back to the episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. Fred and Ryan here, not in our usual recording studio. We are somewhere new tonight, which is uh, very awesome. It's an awesome little house we're in here. Not even little house. It's a pretty Ryan, massive Ryan's house. Ryan's not here, though. Ryan, he's really missing out on this one. Yeah, and, and it's a shame because, like, he's such an entrepreneur. You know, this is a story of of building something from nothing, quite literally. And uh, I... I wish he was here. I know. I know. Well, you know, we'll we'll have plenty of good lively discussion without him. And you know, really the the focus and the topic of today is to really talk about the ultimate bourbon trail experience. Like where would you where should you stay? Where should you eat? What places can you go? If you're going to start planning this, like how do you figure out like what area of the city do you hit? Can you hit them all in the same exact time? And you know, we've got a our guest today. He's a he's an Airbnb super host, so that means that he's had and I'll let him do, you know, kind of this introduction we were kind of talking about before, but he hosts tons and tons of bourbon groups in here and he kind of really found a niche market in here. So people ask him all the time of, you know, where where should we go and where should we tour and all that sort of stuff. So I think we're going to we're going to probably be enlightened a little bit ourselves. And I think what's important to note here that this this is not this guest. Eric is not somebody who is uh, just looking for your dollar. Now he's someone who's actually passionate about this. He's a member of the community. Um, I mean, we he supports people on Patreon who are in the community. He supports bourbon enthusiasts. He supports us. 
Uh, in fact, we walk in and what's he do? He's like, hey, you wanna you wanna try this uh, this this little bit of smoke wagon yeah, here? Yeah, this is the uh, <laughs> the infamous bourbon enthusiast barrel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did, honestly, I didn't think I was ever gonna get to taste this, so I was very excited. Uh, it's uh, it is a treat. You know, the, I, it's it's amazing that the, I always I always find it amazing. There's a ton of like NGP chasers out there, mm-hmm. and now smoke wagons just blowing up all over the place. Yeah. So you know, hats off to them that they they kind of had some foresight to buy a lot of good age product at the same exact time. And period. I always I always go back to packaging. That is that is a cool bottle. Like it's I, very unique. Yeah, I mean, cool it's got it's got some like uh, some vines and everything, and it's like in in the glass. So that's uh, that's not a cheap investment into glass right there. No, either. when the whiskey matches the bottle, win win. There you go. So this was this is the first thing he offered me when I walked in, and so you know, it's gonna know, be a good day. You know, I like our guest right now. He gave us <laughs> gave me some good whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and introduce him. So today on the show we have Eric Carico. Eric is a bourbon Airbnb super host. So Eric, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate you uh, having me on the show, and I uh, appreciate the kind words. Um, I, I I wanted you to know that um, that bottle's called Karma, so maybe this is all just Karma that we're all here. Right on. There um, you go. But uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good bottle so far, and uh, you know I I appreciate everybody in the Patreon community, and I enjoy hosting people for Airbnbs. And I guess that's kind of where I want to start too, is like, how did you get involved with figuring out like Airbnbs? And then how did that pivot to the point where you said like, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of people that are here for bourbon? Um, well, you know, back in 2013, uh, we were in transition between a few homes and our two homes. And uh, we had put a lot of work and money into uh, both of them. And so we started hosting guests coming in and then we realized that about half of them were here for Airbnb uh, or we're booking through Airbnb or here for short-term rentals to go visit bourbon distilleries and bourbon places. So, um, you know, interacting with them, developing relationships, we just kind of kicked it off as, you know, Hey, maybe we should look more into this. And so I think to date we've hosted about 4,000 guests. Oh, wow. 4,000. Yes. That's quite the number. Yeah. 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 So probably between one and 2000 of them, um, we're just, you know, here for bourbon trail experiences. And it ties into a lot of, if you look at Louisville in general, I think they said that the uh, economic impact of bourbon within Kentucky is about $4 billion. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably, we don't even think of like the, the ho- I, mean, we, I mean, we think of hotels, we think of stuff like that, but I mean, like not to that amount of scale. Usually when we get stuff that's coming from the KDA, it's like, Hey, we had this many visitors It you know, it did this at this many distilleries, but we don't actually see a lot of the impact that it's happening you know, economically around the city with restaurants and hotels and everything like that too sometimes. So I'm pretty fortunate. I'm sitting, I'm on the, the, the mayor's committee about, um, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on this committee of like, uh, it's basically bourbonism 2.0. And, you know, I see, I've seen what bourbon has done, you know, through bourbon and beyond. And like when there's something here that's bourbon related, the hotels sell out. And that's tax dollars too that comes to us. So, I I I I am a longtime fan of of hotels. And we were talking earlier. You were a Marriott guy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You love those Marriott yeah. points. Yeah. So, what talk to me about like the actual like the the differences between like Airbnb and hotels? Because hey, get this, I've never actually stayed in an Airbnb. I know we were talking about it before. I, and I never was, have. My jaw dropped a little bit. <laughs> in, in, in fact. The people um, may get a kick out of this, but I tried it one time, and the guy refused to let me stay at his place. 
probably saw probably searched your profile. <laughs> He's like, Ascot, oh, yeah. this is fake. Yeah, this can't be this guy. Hey, is this guy from the 1920s? Yeah. What, kind of, what kind of profile picture is this? Um, yeah, so I, I was in the construction industry, and you know, I was on the road probably eight, you know, eighty percent of the time, and pretty soon, hotel rooms all become the same. And so, when you come from that background, and then all of a sudden, you're like, if you're in the same place every time, and you're like, I hate these sheets. I wish they had real sheets. I wish they had like a real pillow. I wish they had like a real bed. You guys saw the bed earlier. Yeah. I'm like, they're very comfortable beds. So like pretty much everything that I hated about a hotel, I'm like, if I could take this and then, you know, have people come and visit and create relationships with them, it'll sell itself. And it kind of just evolved into that thing that it's just, it allows you to be more comfortable. Uh, it creates a better product. And if you, you know, do it the right way, it just kind of, evolves into something that you can continue to move on to if you want to, or just keep it at whatever level you want. Do you keep the same bar of soap? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely at least, not. At least we take care there, of that. There, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot more involved to it, but uh, it's just providing an alternative experience for travelers. And in the bourbon industry, um, I've found, you know, hosting like, you know, different barrel clubs and stuff. There's real, uh, a lot of people, you know, know each other over the internet or whatever, but whenever you have a space where everybody can interact and as well as sleep and stay together and it just creates a much better experience, especially whenever you're, you throw some bourbon into the mix. Oh, absolutely. And before we kind of frame the discussion here, before we get into it, you know, when you talk about the barrel clubs, what we're standing in or what we're sitting here right now is like one of the most perfect opportune places because yeah. if, and we always talk about this too, you know, we talk about the guys from Bourbon Community Roundtable, we get together, we call each other internet friends, right? And it's usually at one of our houses, but our houses aren't usually have like nice big spaces like this. And so when you can fit, I mean, gosh, what, what do you think the most people that you fit in here from a bourbon club, just like people hanging out and gathering and stuff like that? Oh, you can easily do 40. See, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And it, you can't even see it uh, on camera, but if you were here, like there's a whole second floor with a whole nother sitting area. It's truly immaculate. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but how you can get in contact with Eric to, <laughs> to book it. Well, I, I, just, I just, I mean, and the artwork in here is immaculate. You've got, if you're a fan of birds or like nature and, and horse racing, there's all these vintage uh, paintings and drawings. There's gorgeous like porcelain. There's decanters here. The wood floors is partially originally from the house. The beams here. This is just a beautiful, restored, uh, saved old home. Or actually it used to be a bookstore. I used to come in here and, and, and buy books. And uh, take us through the process of kind of what you did here. Because I, I know we have a lot of like geeks who like to redo their basements or they like to, you know, fix up their bars. And I'm, I bet you there's a tip or two you might have for them because you're, you're an engineer, a smart guy. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I try. Um, but basically, like you said, it was an old bookstore. Um, it was built, I think, around 1900s, 1915, around then. And we tried to restore as much as we could. But, you know, there's a lot of things that to bring it up to where it would be a, a building like today. Electrical wiring? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah this, to, to put you in perspective, uh, this house actually had gas pipes ran through the whole house because that was the lighting system, the original lighting system. There wasn't even electric. It was like basically natural gas. <laughs> so just, if the light, like, if, if, just if, like sounds dangerous yeah, nowadays. I yeah. Mean. yeah, it was, there was a lot of work involved in it, but it basically, he had decided to move on from uh, owning the bookstore. He retired. And so we just felt it was a great opportunity here on Barstown road where you can be around all the great restaurants. And, you know, I'm not trying to build like a 50 
story hotel. I just want something that feels authentic that you can walk to, go to the restaurants, have a drink at the bar and be back in five minutes. So it's, it's a, it's a great opportunity that we just thought it would be a great location. So. Yeah. I mean, you are in the thick of it here. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, great location. It really is. All right. So let's go ahead and let's start framing really what this, this, uh, I, really the topic of everything today. So I want to kind of take this idea and maybe like what we, like when we say we go to Vegas, uh, we're like, okay, like three days in Vegas, that's the perfect amount, right? Five days is maybe too many, two days, maybe not enough. Now, if you're going to the bourbon trail and people are coming in from out of town, what do you all really think is like the, the prime number? What should people really be looking at? you know, is it like a two day, a three day is four days too much? Like when you're coming on the bourbon trail, what's, what's a good number that people should be targeting? I think the question is, is like, how good is your liver? (laughs) (laughs) And what kind of company are you around? That's all excellent points. Uh, when it comes to family, what is it like three days, family and fish after three days, it gets a little, a little smelly. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, my experience has been, um, if you're a corporate person, it's a tack on to something that you're coming for a convention. And so like two or three days and they want to try to maximize, um, you know, they're always in search of the best bottles or if it's corporate related, uh, it's not necessarily like a bourbon taste, but if you're coming here for your own experience, it really is tailored to what you enjoy as bourbon. And then maybe if you have like a, a list of distillers you want to go to, and then you just divide it up into pods and the pods are based on geographical location. And that's kind of how I explain it to people. Like if you're really set on Maker's Mark, cause you've been drinking Maker's Mark your whole life, well then obviously we're going to go that way. But there's other people who are like, well, we want to, you know, go to Disney World. Uh, so they go to another, you know, distillery, Buffalo Trace or something like that. So it really kind of evolves on the taste of the group that you're with. And um, so that's kind of when people book. I kind of ask them, hey, are you interested in what you really enjoy? Or are you just interested in entertaining your guests? Yeah, I think um, there's one thing that a lot of people may not take into consideration when they do come and they're coming on the bourbon trail and they're like, oh, let's go down there for a weekend. And you say, oh, that sounds like a good idea in, high, or in theory. But when you do that, you know, if you're actually wanting to go to a distillery and do a bunch of tours, you're going to find out that there's really not a whole lot of stuff happening on the weekends at a lot of these distilleries. Yeah. Right. So maybe I'm thinking like maybe like Thursday's a good day to start doing your tours or maybe Friday, something like that. Maybe you do like a like a Friday, at, you know, outside the city and then uh, Saturday in the city and have a nice dinner on Saturday night or something like that. I mean, is that something that you all ever thought about if people coming in from out of town, if they're going to miss something because they're trying to be weekend warriors here? Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Well, it, yeah, you're you're completely right on that, that it's. I mean, a lot of the distilleries before, I guess, basically before certain ones, you know, decided to do tours, it was a production facility. It's a plant. It's yeah. like there to produce. And if you're not there in the hours it's producing, they're like, well, okay, <laughs> just, just so move on. Here's a fermentation <laughs> tank that's empty. Yeah. Um, here's something else that's not running. It's very quiet here this yeah. afternoon. Yeah, it's actually funny. Like, um, Ed Foote was the former uh, master distiller for Old Fitzgerald or Stitzel Weller. And he would tell these stories. And he's like, people would show up and want to want to like look around. And we're like, what the hell do you want? You know, <laughs> and we, That's like not that long ago. It was like 1990, so 1991. So that yeah. was, you could see the little bit uh, kind of booming there. I've actually got a suggestion for this whole this whole thing. My my philosophy is is the weekend is really for the smaller distilleries. The smaller distilleries, which, you know, they don't really leave. 
and they're really ingrained into that. And so when you get them on a weekend, they're going to give you everything they've got, you know? And, and if you say you're like a, a, a big bourbon fan, you listen to this podcast, you, you hang out with the uh, Airbnb superstar, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe you might get to go in the back and taste a little bit of that whiskey in the barrel. It's potential. You know, th the other thing is that, you know, bourbon is booming so much that, you know, a lot of operations are actually starting to go seven days a week now. Um, there's, there's really, there's, only, there's a handful that when you go to some of these distilleries on a weekend that they're just not going to, something's not going to be running and something's not going to be happening because uh, everybody's kind of, I mean, it's full steam ahead right now. I kind of feel though that on the weekends at the majors, you know, you get in the B team sometimes like, you, you know, the master distillers def are not going to be there. No, I mean, most, most of the people, they, it's a 40 hour work week, yeah. work week for them. And so, yeah, they're not, they're not going to be there. And I don't mean the B team is like as bad. It's just like, those are not people. Uh, that are there during the week and they're like part-timers or something. And maybe they're running at like 50%, yeah. right? And maybe it's just like, all right, maybe on Friday we'll fill the fermentation tanks and then we'll we'll come back and check them on Monday, right? Because you don't really need to do anything for a few days with a fermentation tank. So Kenny, Eric brought something up that I thought was very interesting uh, and I'd actually not heard a lot of people refer to it this way when they're when they're planning their trips. Um, so let's say someone on listening on the listener side is uh, trying to plan their trips you you brought up the pods the geographical pods that you kind of like you know put everything in in a box take us through like how what's the what's the perfect avenue for you to to hit all the pods how would you how would you do that oh gosh can you even hit all the pods do you want to hit all the pods i just want to hear him talk about pods <laughs> <laughs> basically um you know you have barstown your favorite places and so there's a lot of people. I found a lot of people from New York are really fans of Maker's Mark, which is interesting. Well, I mean, I think Maker's is the, it's the gateway burn for a lot of people, right? Everybody right. finds that iconic red dripping wax and it's usually one of the first bottles they get. It's usually one of the people that they get it and they, you know, they feel like it's their first high-end bottle of bourbon and they yeah. try it and it's, and it's the, that's kind of really starts the addiction for most of us. I know it started with me, that's for sure. You know, what's yeah. cool about Maker's is they, they were the, they're really the main bourbon that brought bourbon back uh, because they would, you know, you would go into a restaurant and you would like, I want a premium American whiskey and it was Maker's Mark and that was it, you know? Sure, yeah. And and so, um, so it, it really kind of evolves around, you know, they'll look at that and they'll say, okay, so then, you know, you go to Barstown and you hit all the places down there. And then there's like a lot of the people that are doing barrel picks. And so they already kind of have an idea where they want to go. Actually, they probably know better than I, um, but then they want a recommendation on like the best restaurant to go to. So, you know, I'm like, if you're going to Woodford, maybe you stop in Midway and there's a really good restaurant there that you can, you know, get a great pour for like, you know, half the price of what you would be paying in where you're coming from. And then there's the people from California who think it's like freaking wine country. <laughs> and they're like, what? you don't just sit there and drink bourbon the whole time. I'm like, no, <laughs> like if you did, you would not be walking out of there very well. It's basically just the different areas where they produce and we kind of, you know, tailor to whatever they ask for. Um, How do you fit in like uh, the ones that are further away, like MB Roland in Western Kentucky and new riff in Northern Kentucky? Do they, do you make those like their own day? Yeah, um, we've had people that will do, like, they'll be coming from Ohio, so maybe they'll hit New Riff on the way down, and then they, you know, come to where we are, and then we're like, all right, go hit the Urban Bourbon downtown, and that's always, like, the resource. So you come, and you can stay in Louisville. A lot, if you're flying, a lot of people stay in Louisville, so, like, the first day they get here in Louisville to do the Urban Bourbon stuff downtown, and then they go to different pods, and they come back and fly out, 
or if they're traveling. The great thing about Louisville, which is totally underrated, is that you can hit the entire eastern seaboard within a day's drive. So you can factor either way. You can be like, all right, I want to, you know, hit these places on the way there or, you know, when you get here, you know, fly out and do whatever. So it's a really flexible um, space. It's a really flexible to the clientele that we have. And, um, you know, that's the reason why we just kind of noticed that, wow, this is just like a booming industry. And I guess that kind of brings up another question. We'd probably push people to say, I think Louisville's probably the best place that you could stay. Now, you've got places you can stay in Bardstown. You've got Lexington. You've got Northern Kentucky. Um, if you want to go out to Owensboro, I guess you can go out to Owensboro and stuff like that, too. What, but what, what, what's that supposed to mean? It's just so far away. <laughs> it's just so far they away. They got good barbecue and music. They, <laughs> they do. They do. And they're growing. You know, you've got the you got bourbon societies out there happening and like that. And there's a Paducah bourbon society. There's all kinds of things that are growing uh, out that way. You know, when I... Uh, like I said, I feel that, that Louisville has a lot going on uh, in regards of the growth, uh, the scene of bourbon, uh, restaurants and everything like that that's going on. Um, you know, Lexington is is definitely trying to make a, a, a stake in the ground, too. Um, I know there's a lot of things that are happening in regards of trying to push more of the, um, you know, economics into Bardstown, you know, trying to build more hotels, trying to do things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think the, you know, the hardest thing about Bardstown is actually finding uh, the workforce, right? Because a lot, even a lot of people, the workforce that are in the distilleries are actually driving from Louisville or Lexington every single day to make that happen or Frankfurt. Do you guys want to know an interesting fact? Let's hear an interesting fact. I like interesting facts. Uh, the population of Frankfurt is 33,000 people. The number of visitors to Buffalo Trace was 293,000. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> how, does, how do you support that with the places to stay for all those 293,000 people? So my point is, though, when you're flying, a lot of the people that we get that are professionals or whatever, you know, they're going to be flying in. So they're going to have to, you know, deal with flights, rental cars and all that other stuff. So a lot of the times when we have hosting people that are professionals, this is like where they're going to stay. They, they just have to do it because of the flights and everything else. Um, if you're an enthusiast, though, yes, all of those places can be tremendously wonderful. And I've looked at a lot of those places as, you know, potential areas where we could expand and things like that. So I'm very interested to figure out the economics on it. And I haven't yet, but uh, they all seem to be very good. I think you'll figure it out one of these days. <laughs> I think it depends on how you like to uh, explore a place. When we... When my wife and I, before we had kids, we used to like to stay in, um, in like kind of like ni nice little cities like Savannah. I love we, Savannah, Georgia. But we'd want to be on the outskirts a little bit. We wouldn't want to be in, in uh, Savannah property. So I think, I think if your comfort level is urban and access, you have to be in Louisville. But I think Northern Kentucky is is a great place uh to stay as well well they I agree 100 percent. they are they are growing yeah. that's for sure yeah i agree 100%. What, what's the thing that they have going on now it's like their their northern kentucky bourbon the b-line the b-line that's right yeah that's right. yeah i mean that's there's an airport there too that you can fly into and be in northern kentucky I, you know there's just so much growth going on it's just tremendous this is how i would this this is how i make my decisions where i stay places to eat and the chances of a of an all night place being open for whatever reason, <laughs> like a buffet. What are you What are you looking for? Uh, like, you know, I need an IHOP. Maybe I want a Waffle House. I don't know, but the fact is, if it's three in the morning, by God, I want something. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and let's let's kind of hit these pods real quick because I'm saying, okay, I'm from Louisville, or I'm starting in Louisville because eh, we'll we'll say it because we're we're kind of biased towards that. So we start in Louisville, 
And you typically, when we do these things, you got to make a choice, right? You got to make a choice. Do you go, do you go to Frankfurt? Do you go to Bardstown? Do you do Louisville? Um, what else am I missing? Uh, Northern Kentucky. North, I mean, well, Northern Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, I guess you would throw Maysville into that Northern Kentucky. Yeah. So let's, let's take Bardstown. Let's take the Bardstown pot, right? So, uh, if you're in Louisville, you're a solid 45 minutes, um, to some of the first distilleries over there. So you, you drive up 65, you take the Bardstown exit. And then the first thing you're going to see is Jim Beam on the left-hand side. You're going to see the smokestacks and everything like that. A little bit down the road, you got four roses, but you know, what are the, some other things that, you know, cause you got to drive down a little bit further into Barstown. That's, that's considered Claremont still at this point. And so you got to go maybe another 30 minutes past that to actually start getting to the, uh, the bigger, it's more of the big boys over there. Yeah. I mean, you can exactly what you're talking about. You start at Jim Beam and then, um, you know, you go to Barstown Bourbon Company as well as Willet, And there's about, uh, seven places you can go to there. That's all within a 15 minute radius. So you're looking at a 45 minute drive plus a 15 minute drive once you're there to hit each one. And so it would be hard to hit them all at the same, you know, in one day. But, you know, you could take off four, three to four of those once you're there. And the other thing to think about is like if you're going to Bardstown, you've got to be kind of extra picky about where you're going to be visiting and what you're going to go to because you do. You've got Heaven Hill, you've got Willett, you've got Barton, you've got Bardstown Bourbon Company, um, you've got Four Roses Bottling. Yeah, the bottling line is there. I'm trying to think of um, Did you say Willett. I said Willett already. I'm Barton, th- 1792. Yep, yep, got that one already. Uh, the uh, why am Bart I? Town Bourbon Company, Ezra, Ezra, Preservation, Ezra Brooks, Luxco, Luxco's around there now. Um, and you've got Preservation Distillery, as you just said as well. So, like I said, you've got a lot that are in the Barstown area that you've got to uh, you got to be kind of picky about where you're going. Now, I think for me, we oh, ha- don't forget Oscar Getz, um, the whiskey museum, the whiskey museum. See, there's a lot of other things that, that you're not even, that we have to think about as you're, as you're doing this. Like I said, I would say limit yourself to three, maybe four at the most, if you're going to start going into this. And, and you know, there's a, the other thing is that when people go to bar sound, you know, I want to kind of focus on four roses a little bit, you know, you have the bottling line over there. Uh, however, I wouldn't say that you should probably put that towards the top of your list. If you've got a short, you know, runway of things that you really want to go hit like if you want to really do four rows the right way I well think, that yeah that's yeah, the other pod i think you got to go and you got to say that for the the lawrenceburg and frankfurt trip yeah well that's what i found that if you hit frankfurt early in the morning you do buffalo trace then you can hit wild turkey you can hit four roses all within you know uh, that's like a three three tour pod kind of thing yeah that's a and that's a stellar day right there it hit all those and then you've also got you've got woodford that's around there as well and the one thing i really like about uh, really like about woodford is it is pristine kentucky you will you go through its rolling fields of horse farms when you go into it and to be fair like for for us like we just i just i just love being able to take guests through there and just kind of like have their eyes kind of open up to really see how beautiful kentucky can be for sure um you know versus some of the other places where yeah it's just a factory right but, i get the same thing at wild turkey you know where they have the overlook of the yeah. ravine and then if you follow that around you can follow that around to get back to a buffalo trace if you want to go the opposite way that's a beautiful drive to get back to frankfurt that way how many dead bodies do you think are between <laughs> wild turkey and buffalo trace mm. <laughs> Because like, you know, back in the day, they, there were some robberies there. And yeah, it was it was a windy road for a reason. <laughs> you know, and while we're also going down this path, there's there's also kind of like the bourbon mecca for nerds, right? And that's Castle and Key, right? 
and and I always try to tell people that you should probably if if you are if you're listening to podcasts, odds are you're really into bourbon, and so you should probably just take it to uh, to the next level and go and check it out because you you're literally walking through history at that point. You know, you you hear about it, you talk about it, uh, but you, now you get to finally see it. Uh, here's the other thing: is is like it's not just whiskey history. Across the street from Castle and Key is buried a, a Revolutionary War hero, and uh, they maintain his grave and take care of it. So, I, I, to me, that that little strip is a is a beautiful piece of American history. You got the you got the stream right there. You can see it. You can see the castle. You walk through there. You can see the old bricks. And if you're lucky, you get to go in that big, long warehouse and just touch the barrels and just imagine what used to be. You know, it, it is such a stunning piece. It's like going back in time. It sure is. I've walked through the doors. I've seen everything. And I, I remember, I'm sure you saw it too, when it was uh, still in ruins when, uh, you know, Marianne was there and we got to- Actually, kind of, before that, I snuck in there. I'm sure uh, you did. I snuck in there and I got a bunch of photos before anyone bought it. And it, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes being in that place. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, there was a bunch of like papers. I was in the still room and the wall had collapsed. I mean, it was actually kind of dangerous to be in there because it was like, eh, it might collapse, but bricks are everywhere. And all these old distilling papers were just kind of laid out. And I was just like looking for yeast re- recipes and <laughs> oh, really? all this stuff. It was just I like, that yeast strain. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was, it was nothing. You would have found it exciting because it was like uh, engineering stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like put that bolt all here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, no whiskey geek stuff. So there's also like two things when you go the Frankfurt Lawrenceburg route, they're almost like Easter eggs. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. (laughs) 
So there's also like two things when you go the Frankfurt Lawrenceburg route, they're almost like Easter eggs. And that's the, the people that you can meet. So if you're, if you're booking your tour with Buffalo Trace, and by the way, when you do come to the Bourbon Trail, we should also mention that you need to book the stuff online and you need to book it in advance because things do sell out, uh, especially when you go to Buffalo Trace with hard hat tours. I mean, they're done months and months in so advance. So there's something, this is something, this is, guys, this is a total like geek thing, but it, the Bourbon Trail is, is technically a trademark of uh, the Kentucky Distillers Association, true. which Buffalo Trace is not a member of, but they all been when we talk we're right now we're not talking specifically about the registered trademark of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. We're just talking we're just talking in general bourbon tours. Air, bourbon quote, tours. air quote air quote air quote air quote trail. And so the other thing I would like I said, the Easter eggs. And that's if you get to go on a tour at Buffalo Trace and you might be graced with the presence of Freddie Johnson, right? So you might might get that little Easter egg. Uh, the other one is if you go to Wild Turkey, you might get the other Easter egg of going to the gift shop and actually seeing Jimmy Russell down there. Uh, it happens from time to time where he's just hanging out, signing bottles. I worked in Harrodsburg and I would stop by there probably once a week just to say hi to him because meeting that guy is like meeting a legend. And if you have access yeah. to that, you got to take advantage of it every time you drive by that place. And, you know, I was about to just add on to that. And if you go to Four Roses, you can meet Al Young, but then, you know, he, I, of course, Al I passed away, but it just, it just, it just kind of like, hit me that this is you get to meet real iconic figures that we will be talking about in, in whiskey lore you know 50 years from now so uh, the the two people we just talked about freddie and, and jimmy both bourbon hall of famers you get them on your tour if if you get if you're them. lucky enough yeah, if yeah. you just happen to be there right day right time kind of thing and if they're there and you're there they'll shake your hand you know talk with you Oh, he'll talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we've hit like two of the hot spots, right? Um, you know, one thing I, I also did forget to mention, you know, that I've actually been super pleased with in regards of the growth of Bardstown when we talked about that pot over there is the dining experience that you're starting to get in that area um, with, as we had mentioned, Bardstown Bourbon Company with their their restaurant coming online. Um, you've got uh, Mammy's. Mammy's is always a staple that when you go for barrel picked as well. So. Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell. Taco Bell as well. That's for sure. That's for sure. But as I mentioned, I, I wanted to make sure that they got a shout out because uh, always been super impressed with the dining experience that we've had there at Bardstown Bourbon Companies too. Yeah. Great food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now we've kind of hit to the, uh, like I said, the Frankfurt Lawrenceburg area. I don't think we're really, I don't know if we're missing any other uh, distilleries over there in that kind of area, but you know, if you, you venture off a little bit further. Three boys, right? But there is, there is there's a, some, some smaller ones. There's some there. smaller ones down there yeah. now. Um, but again, some of these might not be on the radar for some people. So you got to go and do your homework. That's for sure. Like I said, we're trying to help you give kind of like the. I don't also, say, would you consider Paris? Like Paris is like kind of like it, it's Lexington. Frankfurtish, um, the uh, former used to be gentleman. Yeah, Hartfield. Yeah, Hartfield. I, I actually really like that for people to go to because it, while we see the 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 depth and size of something like Wild Turkey, I think it's important to always see the little guy, and and Hartfield's a good one. Yeah. I, and speaking of seeing the little guy, it almost makes me remind me of, uh, you know, if we venture off a little bit different here. So, and, and maybe you all can correct me here. So at what point does Makers fit into all of this? Like what, what pod does Makers fit into to your trails here, Eric? I would say um, 
Is it like on its own? Because it kind of is. It, That's it, what I feel like. Yeah. Because you're going to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, be careful with Google Maps and Apple Maps. Because yeah, just follow the signs. Yes. Yeah. Um, it it it's it's like the Disney World for some people, and so they kind of make a day just out of doing that. And the grounds are so meticulous and so nice, and they've they've really done the makers' uh, tasting experience with the you know the forty six and the barrels select and all that stuff. I mean, I think they were probably the original people that kind of converted from being a production facility into a distillery tour. Oh yeah, that's a fact. That was uh, that was all done by design. Uh, Marjorie Samuels, when they were kind of like recreating that place, yeah, uh, they were like, "We want to have tours here. We want to we want to make this uh, a, a destination." That's a that was uh, all by design, and they've actually kept it for the most part the same as the original distillery. Yeah. Uh, weird, weird, uh, weird thing. This is gonna. I'm going out of. Here we go. I'm jumping out of the. We're off the rails. We're going. We're going way off the rails. Okay. So what? So like Woodford, uh, Maker's Mark, Buffalo Trace. Your the a zombie apocalypse comes. Which place do you have a better chance of surviving? Why would you? Why? What do you mean better? Because <laughs> uh, like just the the grounds are gated, or they're they're kind of like um, I don't know. I just, well, just so bourbon becomes a commodity at that point. Yeah. So like you're basically. Money's worth nothing. Yes. I you're, thought you were meaning like for survival. Like I'm sur- actually, I survival. Like, I've got to figure out like who has the highest Rick house that these zombies can't climb. <laughs> like, did I take it too literally? <laughs> no, you took it exactly how I intended. Okay. Which, yeah. which, which one do you have the best shot of surviving? I would say, I would say probably if we want to go kind of like a little, little more isolated, probably, probably Maker's Mark, right? Because when you, when you look at what happens in some of the zombie movies themselves, like they take over the cities, right? That's the first that happens. And then they start venturing out. But, you know, you kind of have, you know, you're out in the country, you have a little bit better of an opportunity out there. So Maker's Mark is a little bit more isolated, a little bit more field. So you have maybe a little more running room in front of you. That's a good point. I would go with, um, well, the great thing is, they're all located next to water, so that's a good that's a good start right there. Mm-hmm. You got good drinking water, <laughs> but um, I kind of like the whole Buffalo Trace because, like, if you look at the history of Buffalo Trace, it was built on um, you know a Buffalo Crossing, and you have the big hill that overlooks everything where they put in these two billion dollars worth of barrels, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so that's a pretty good stockpile. <laughs> I I don't know, it, it's a tough call, but. Um, they're all good locations, I think. And you can always just jump on the river. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good. Just float on down. Just float yeah. on down. What, what about you? Where, 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 would, where would you run off to? Well, you guys both bring up really good, really good points. Um, Woodford, to me, has the has the ability of, of, like, you can go out into the middle of nowhere because there are portions of it that are nowhere. And they're... The, I know where all the springs are on that location. So you got the uh, blueprint somewhere. I've got a little bit better head start of uh, finding the good water in this. There, some of the springs are like really, really hidden. And the, the stone warehouses, I feel like give me, give me a pretty, pretty good shot. Um, and basically I'm just going into the warehouse. I'm not going, I'm just going to go drink in the warehouse. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. 
So I mean, that, that's basically makes it makes go. it easy. Makes it easy. All right. Well, I'm going to bring a conversation back on the rails here because. But you did notice we talked about the distill. We described the distilleries in in our uh, pursuit of hiding from zombies. Well, only because there was something that that kind of jogged my memory of, of something that you said earlier, saying like, well, you know, when you go and you see all these big locations and you see how all these these big companies that do it, you kind of lose the hindsight of like, what does everybody else do? And this kind of reminds me of my own personal experience of actually going out to Makers one day and then out of just nowhere, I was with my buddy and we stopped at Limestone. And this was when Limestone was only selling, Limestone Branch, they were only selling their white dog. They didn't actually have whiskey at the time. They didn't even, I don't think they had Yellowstone 107 at the time. And, you know, we go there and literally, uh, you know, Stephen Beam, like just taking white dog off a still, like into a bucket and like putting it somewhere else. And so that was just like one of those things where you see the scale of what it looks like to see something that pumps out, you know, thousand barrels a day versus somebody that's just trying to do like seven barrels a week yeah yeah it's a crazy scaling to get to be that is just an enormous mountain to climb and i i've, I've been to limestone a couple of times and i think that's where the uh the bourbon chase ends right now or it did it ended in uh lexington we didn't really talk about lexington that much right well we we're gonna get to it but okay. i think you said bourbon chase so make sure that our listeners are aware what is the bourbon chase uh, well, the Bourbon Chase is basically a race that starts in, uh, it starts at Jim Beam and you go through all, I think the entire Bourbon Trail and it ends in Lexington and it's a race where there's ultra marathoners that'll run, you know, entire legs, but we divide it up into, I think 12 people legs and it's a 24 hour, maybe 36 hour race. And so you start at Jim Beam and then you go to each one and each person runs a different leg and you you use different transportation for each person to go to each leg. And so at the end, it's basically like a big bourbon party. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds miserable. It, <laughs> I could I never think, do I it. Think, I think I on average, uh, each runner probably runs between 18 and 24 miles. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I know a lot of people love it and they, you know, they have their runners high and they, they get a kick out of it. That's just not me. And let's also talk about the damn waiver you got to sign. <laughs> <laughs> Call out some of the things that are in the waiver. Uh, yeah. So, uh, when you sign the waiver, uh, apparently you can, uh, be attacked by a lot of things. And at two o'clock in the morning, when you see nothing but green eyes, that waiver basically covers them from being any kind of liability. <laughs> I mean, we have coyotes in Kentucky that are like up to your <laughs> mid chest right now. And so I've been carrying flares with me. I don't know if you've noticed that, um, I'm not necessarily built for running, but, um, nothing is more deflating than when you're running at two o'clock in the morning, like, and all of a sudden, one of those ultra marathoners pass you going about uh, 10 miles an hour. <laughs> and you realize you got you got about 35 minutes to go. Just to, Oh, man. So um, That's when yeah. I just start walking. Yeah. Yeah. Swift kick so of the butt it's, right it's there. It's a great time, though, because you get exposed to all the distilleries. And um, basically, you know, the vans and things like that, It's it brings people in from all over the world. Uh, the world. There were people there uh, that I talked to from uh, Puerto Rico. There are people that I talked to coming from... Um, as several other countries and they decorate their vans. One guy had a pot still on the top of his van that was like basically spitting out uh, smoke and everything. And so you, you meet all kinds of characters um, and it's just a great experience for people that really love bourbon and to run. There you so. go. It's like derby hats, but for running. Yeah, it is. So, so you'd mentioned Lexington. So if you are if you are wanting to venture off a little bit further down the road from Frankfurt into Lexington, uh, there are a few different places down there. Um, you know, we've we've interviewed a few of them on the show before. So kind of kind of give us a rundown of, of what you're going to be seeing in Lexington if you're venture over that way. 
Well, um, I went to the University of Louisville, so well, I went to the University <laughs> of Kentucky. So we're, we're right. I don't spend a lot of time in Lexington. It's a good thing I'm, we're on the opposite sides of the I'm table. I'm neutral. I went to Oklahoma State. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you got all tech that's over there, right? Yeah. Um, and so all tech is doing. They're brewing. They're also doing distilling. Um, that's that. Uh, what's the what's their main brand? Why my uh, Town, Town Branch? Branch Town yeah. Branch. Yeah. So Town Jamesy Branch. Pepper. Yep. Jamesy Pepper is now. They're coming online. I think they they've got some distillates. This a few bluegrass years distillers. Big fan of theirs. I like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's a lot of things that are happening in Lexington right now. Like, Barrel I mean, House, I think, is that yeah, one? Barrel House, yeah, yeah, Barrel House. Boy, they yeah, they putting they're putting it on. So, if you are staying in Lexington, those are some good places to hit. So you can do that, and then you can venture a little bit further off and do Frankfurt and maybe a day in Barstown, right? So that's your that's your Lexington Avenue. And now, I also want to, like I said, I think we've we've kind of like chopped this up a little bit to make you all understand that when you are doing this, like don't try to hit multiple cities in a day, like try to, try to hit, try to stay in your pod because it's very, very hard to sit there and try to hit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from Frankfurt to Barstown back to Louisville. Like it's, it's just impossible. Like you could, you're going to miss a distillery instead of, and hopefully you, know, you have a driver, you know, you got one of the fine services of, uh, you know, they'll take you around, uh, or you have a designated driver. Cause you, you know, you don't want to risk that. Absolutely. You don't want to risk it, but definitely be safe and be a good consumer at the end of the day too. Now, the the biggest one that we didn't talk about is if you are staying in Louisville, there's Louisville now. Louisville's starting to have a, a big resurgence in regards of what is what you can go, what you can visit, what you can see. Um, you know, some of the, the two biggest ones that kind of come to mind right now are, of course, going to be Old Forester downtown as well as Michter's. Those two coming online have, have really starting to shine. And then you've also got Peerless down the street. You've got Angel's Envy. You've got the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience. So each one of these is having something new and unique and able to offer that if you don't want to go out and visit everywhere else, yeah. you can do it right here in the city. You got Beam. You got the little Beam spot there, Fourth Street Live. And uh, can't forget, you got um, uh, you got Stitzel Weller. And if you got a special tour, you can do something to Bernheim with Heaven Hill. I mean, Louisville, you, you really can just come to Louisville and experience, you know, the distillation and kind of like the urban aspect um of it oh rabbit hole too oh can't, yes can't forget yes. rabbit hole yeah but um I, I the thing is is that from a pure operation standpoint it is so different and so like if you were someone who's wanting to really get into the understanding of whiskey i think you owe it to yourself to see how they make whiskey in an urban environment and then go out in the country and see how they make whiskey exactly it's so different 100 percent, right there that you you're, you're so on point with that because if you're coming to you know just hit as many as you can you can hit 12 in louisville and then if you're coming because you're an enthusiast and you want to see how it's done you and then you see the countryside and you at certain times of the year, not in February, but you know, it's, it's such a beautiful countryside that you're just like, wow. And then you think about all the history that it comes from Kentucky with Daniel Boone and like, the, yeah. you know, the water and, and then you just like become immersed into it. It just becomes almost like its own story that you can't really repeat to people until you experience it. You know, yeah. one you just kind of reminded me of like a good analogy here. Like, I guess maybe coming to Louisville is like a, like a, like a children's like diorama, right? You're trying to like, you're trying to like make like a small scene of what something bigger looks like. So you kind of get a taste for it here in Louisville, but you don't get to experience the full thing. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where you get the opportunity to start venturing out a little bit hitting a bigger distillery, seeing how things are done on a much, much larger scale too. But I mean, there's, Louisville's got a lot going on. You've got restaurants, you've got 
uh, bars, you got a lot of good things. And even these distilleries, a lot of them start to come online now with uh, their own restaurants, as well as a lot of good cocktail bars uh, that are that are starting to have in, in their own areas too. So, Yeah, I, I dare say that uh, both uh, Old Forester and Michter's are making some of the best cocktails that you can get in Louisville at the moment. I mean, they, they really have uh, up their bar programs or mixology. In Rabbit Hole, you know, they'll have like fun exclusive events. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, like you can actually, this is the other side. This is kind of like the, the dirty side of, of whiskey, the marketing. You can actually see how each one of them are trying to stand out and be different, but yet they all kind of work together. It's just fascinating to me from a business perspective of, of like the, the tourism side. Uh, and, and this is, are we done with the pods? I think, I don't know. I think we're done with the pods. I think there's only one other pod we might be missing. And that's, uh, the pod that's, you know, we said makers is kind of on their own, but there's another one that kind of really came online. That's pretty big and pretty impressive to go see. And that's bullet. I mean, the bullet distilling. Company. Oh, the Shelbyville. Shelbyville. Yeah. yeah I, I throw that in as the one to come back to on the way to Frankfurt. See, there or, you go. Or, or on the way either way. And then you but, got Jeff the Creed right over there too. Yeah. Jeff yep. the Creed. Yeah. They don't really open up though until I think 11. So you could hit Buffalo Trace at 10 and then come but back. If you oh, can you're, go, you're really planning your itinerary over here. <laughs> if you can go have a drink in Jeff the Creed's like barrel room where they have those nice couches. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a really sure. nice place to have a drink. Yeah. Oh, and the, another pod I think we got to talk about is the B line. We mentioned it a little bit, but the B line, you got Boone County, you got new riff, you got Maysville. Um, what are the other two? But I will tell you that um, Northern Kentucky to me has like its own kind of like culture. And you, yeah. And you can go in and uh, that's right. And you can go in and uh, check out um, all kinds of restaurants in, in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati's got a booming, booming scene in regards to there. You know, there's there's a lot of places that we didn't hit. I mean, we're I'm looking over at his, his basically his pod magazine over here. You got you got Pogue. Um, you got a lot of yeah, different Pogue places. will be in the uh, in the beeline. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different places that, uh, like I said, we we probably missed and didn't hit. So you got to make sure that you definitely go check out the Kentucky Bourbon Trail to see with everything else that maybe that you uh, you want to go check out, and then also check out the the craft tour, right? I mean, that's that's one of the things that we said that if you want to get an idea of what things look like in regards of seeing something big and versus seeing how it looks like on a smaller scale, you've got to go and check that out as well. And so I think, uh, I mean, have we, I think we've hit all the pods. I think we hit all the yeah, pods. Yeah, I, I was going to go down this, um, um, since Eric has this like incredible, we were talking before we got on the air about his philosophy about the bubble. And here we are, we're always talking about when's the bubble going to bust and, you know, the tariffs, this, that. And, and and I think Eric's got a really good perspective on what the bourbon bubble looks like. And so, Eric, I'll just give it to you and say, like, give us your uh, give us your thoughts on are we in a bourbon bubble is about to bust? Yes or no? And why? Well, um, from my standpoint, like I, I mentioned before, I work in Harrodsburg. I work in Green River. Kentucky. I, I travel a lot throughout the state and I try to hit the distilleries on my way back home as much as I can. And so I, I pay attention to the people that are visiting. And I would say maybe, you know, one out of 10 people are from Kentucky. The rest are from out of state as well as out of country. And um, a lot of times they're from Eastern or Japan. I've ran into people from China. I've heard people say where they're from. And so from my standpoint, I think internationally the market is so tremendously large because the American culture is 
sought after by people now that have an influx of money from China, Japan, whatever. And it's globalism that you can see where they are appreciative of what we have and they have a big thirst for it. And so from my standpoint, you know, if China, it, it's very similar to the wine industry. The wine industry used to be able to, you know, if you're in California, you got the best grapes. France, you got the best grapes. Now it all goes to China because of the population and the massive size of it, as well as other international uh, countries. And so I think I was saying that, you know, basically if 1% of China decides that they like bourbon, that would be 10 million people. And if you look at the population of white oak barrels or white oak trees, sorry, just white oak trees, you have about 183,000 trees. So if you convert that to barrels versus the growth of what they want or the thirst for it, then basically all the bourbon in the world would be gone. Oh, wow. I didn't really think about that. <laughs> yeah. Quit building houses, so build everybody. A, you, nobody, you, nobody build needs, a bigger bunker. Nobody needs nice new floors. We need to save these trees and start building barrels. Build a bigger bunker. You know, I don't, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's more, it's, it's a huge cultural thing that brings back so many things that are related to history and things like that. And I think that the world's getting a glimpse into it. And I just think it's going to continue to expand. And so I'm happy to be a part of it. And I'd love to host everybody that wants to come see it. Absolutely. <laughs> and it all came full circle. <laughs> well, fantastic. So Eric, I want to kind of like wrap this up and give you an opportunity to kind of tell our listeners if they do want to come and visit Louisville and stay at one of your, uh, your fine locations, you got, you've got not just one Airbnb, you've got a few, right? Yeah. Um, we have, uh, currently five Airbnbs. I can send you in the show notes, a uh, link to our Facebook page, Instagram page, um, as well as our direct booking page. And we host people, um, you know, on multiple platforms and all those are, you know, you can find them, um, just searching on Airbnb as well as, uh, following some of the sites that we have set up. There you go. So, so you can find the link in our show notes. Uh, what's it called though? Ashford Key Properties. There we go. Make sure you can Google that as well. So Eric, I want to say thank you again for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you. And thank you so much for A, sharing your sharing your whiskey with us, but also yeah. being a supportive member of our community too. It's always always great to have that. And uh, you know, opening up your home to us to let us record as well. It's pretty awesome. And I feel pretty safe in here if zombies come. <laughs> Especially with how because like, we've talked about the insulation. Yeah. Yeah, they can't get to the insulation on the walls. No. No, not unless they can chew through it like a rat. <laughs> but well, I think we might be a little safe. Yeah, I think we're good. Zombie-proof home, everybody. Absolutely. So thank you again for everybody that's listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you also follow Fred Minnick. Fred's got a new podcast. Fred, you want to tell everybody about your podcast too? Yeah, thanks, man. It's uh, the, So the the show is called The Fred Minnick Show because I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. Right now it's music and whiskey. But uh, in case I want to change my mind and do something else with it, it'll be still be me. Uh, but uh, I interview musicians. Uh, I just booked uh, Lone Star today, the country music band. Uh, got the Flaming Lips, um, and I got Kiefer Sutherland coming up. Some some good, some good fun things. And what I do is I interview musicians and I pair a whiskey to their palate. You're rubbing too many uh, big shoulders now, Eric. We can't we can't hang out with you much longer. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this: it, that's the thing about it is like what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring like these people don't know any don't know anything about bourbon, and I spend a good time uh, you know learning about them and their and their musical careers. But I bring bourbon to them and I introduce it to them, and my hope is is that I can bring I can help bring bourbon to a mass of people 
that isn't already thinking about it. What's, what ends up happening is like after I do these interviews, they're like, I, I think I want to start a whiskey. So <laughs> I, You're like, no, no, not another one. This, like this they all. backfire. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you, Fred. Thank you for uh, giving that answer. Um, as I said, make sure you follow us. Also, so if you like what you hear, support the show, patreon.com slash bourbon pursuit. With that, uh, cheers, y'all. Now you have your plans of, of what you can do when you come to visit. You know your itinerary and places that you can hit. Make sure you uh, you travel safely and don't try to outdo yourself because there is bourbon burnout when you are on the trail and you try to hit too many things at once. All right. Cheers, y'all. We'll see cheers. you next cheers. week. Cheers.